The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. We're going to go all in on the handicapping tonight. First, I'll cover national news and some of the highlights from last week. And uh, then we are going to go to Super Saturday at Santa Anita. Unbelievable. Five grade one races. Two for the babies, the front runner, that's for the boys. The chandelier, that's for the girls. Man, that field is deep. Twelve of them set to go go to post. Uh, then um, from there, we're going to uh, look at the awesome again. And, of course, how much more awesome could it be than to have horse of the year, California Chrome in there, most probably the last start before he heads to the Breeders' Cup. Then we're going to look at the Rodeo Drive. What a match up there. Uh, seven of them out of the John C. Maybe are going. Uh, then it is the Zenyatta. That's right, the big girl, Beholder. Trying to get back to her winning ways, of course. Her two second-place finishes were to Stellar Wind, who's in the field, and a nice little horse by the name of California Chrome in the Pacific Classic. Again, the chandelier will be the last one rounding it out. What a pick five we have for you. But we didn't want to ignore the races on the East Coast. So on the West Coast, we're going to Jeremy Balin, who is the staff writer and assistant editor for the Blood Horse. He covers racing specifically on the West Coast. So he's going to help us with that Super Saturday. And handicapping from New York area will be none other than Eric Wing, who is taking on a new venture. Uh, He's the director of uh, communications for horsetourneys.com and you folks are going to want to learn about this because uh, right now it's a, it's a player friendly qualifying contest low takeout cash games and for those of you that want to get in no better time for you to pull down the easy win forms than this weekend and to take a look uh, at horsetourneys.com so we're going to be talking with Eric Wing uh, about that he's going to tell you all how you can get involved and hopefully get to that national championship all right speaking of easy win forms another nice week at the races pretty much from coast to coast and uh in the middle of the country at arlington park (laughs) the windy city we blew them away a one dollar super five key paid eight thousand three hundred fifty six dollars there's also going to be some good racing at Gulfstream this week and easy win had one heck of a week down there we had a one dollar super high five that paid over four thousand four hundred another one dollar super five key that paid sixteen hundred and a $1 Super 5 key, 
and 62. So in addition to all the great racing we're going to be handicapping, you might want to take a look at Gulfstream Park this week. Uh, Again, at at Belmont, uh, just a a slew of, of good races. The race I didn't mention was the Joe Hirsch Turf Classic, and that's because it is a four-horse field with Flintshire. So if you like betting one to nine shots, uh, there you go. I'll I'll give you a sure thing this week. Uh, Again, I already capped off the uh, Belmont and the Santa Anita races. But at Gulfstream, there is the half a million dollar in reality stakes, and that's for two-year-olds going a mile on the 16th. And then you got the $500,000 My Dear Girl stakes, and that's for two-year-olds. Don't forget, uh, Churchill Downs is running right now. The Ack Ack stakes and the return of Run Happy is going to be on the uh, card this Saturday. That's a grade three. It's complemented by the Lucas classic stakes some very good horses in there Uh, let's take a look now at uh, the pegasus world cup the big race that's going to be coming up on january 28th 12 million dollar race and it looks like nbc is going to bring it to you that is fantastic news the stronic group negotiated the deal over the past several months so uh, if you can't Get down to Florida on January 28th. Oh, that's a good place to be that time of year. You're going to be able to watch it on NBC. Good news for racetrackers everywhere. Well, the uh, sale is over for now at Keeneland, and no surprise, Tappet finishes the September's leading sire by Gross for the fifth consecutive years with 31 yearlings selling for over $19 million. A distant second was the late Scat Daddy. You got to get him while you can. 54 sold for $13 million. Uh, and uh, Warfront did very, very well. Uh, he ended up in the third spot. So I think people trying to, Scat Daddy kind of jumped over uh, Warfront later uh, in, in the sale because there aren't many left. But Tappet, just unbelievable. Uh, some of the uh, first crop sires we'd like to mention, there's, of course, uh, 2013 Kentucky Derby winner Orb. Uh, he finished with 43 sold for six million ninety-two thousand. Not bad, an average of 141000 And uh, Orb's top seller was a $450,000 Colt. So it'll be uh, interesting to see uh, how he finishes up, but uh, these are his first to go. And, of course, our friends at TaylorMade, uh, we've had uh, uh, Tom Hamm and Frank Taylor on the show in the past. TaylorMade sales agency led all the consigners by gross for the 18th time since 1985. The 282 yearlings that they handled at the sale brought over $32 million. Well, here's no big surprise. California Chrome retains first place on the NTRA top thoroughbred poll. And we're going to get to see more of him this weekend. It's going to be great. Uh, the uh, Teppan uh, is, is in there. So Songbird, Flintshire, and uh, Frosted is listed as the fifth in that poll. Uh, Arrogates in sixth, Beholder in seventh. Uh, it's rounded out by Melatonin, Cavorting, and AP Indy. Uh, Indian, rather. We were wondering what was going to happen. We know Frank Miramati, he's been pretty much everywhere. Uh, he left the job at Oaklawn Park, 
Uh, then it looked like he was a slam dunk at San Anita. That did not happen. So we weren't sure where Frank was going to end up. He's a heck of a good race caller. And uh, it looks like on his 49th birthday, October 20th, he'll begin calling races at Golden Gate as their full-time announcer. They're very happy to have him back. He did call races at Golden Gate last spring and then filled in for track announcer Michael Rona. Uh, He says he's a big fan of uh, California racing. He called the fairs there for nine years, and he's lived in Sacramento for the past three. So you will be uh, listening to Mr. Miramati, who's extremely entertaining. Uh, He also calls the races at Monmouth Park, a a very good, good announcer. All right, as I kind of leaked earlier, don't worry, run happy. He's going to face five horses in the ACAC. Of course, it's been quite a, a story uh, with him, with uh, the firing of Maria Burrells and all of the uh, soap opera that, uh, that that she's been in of late. And uh, so he's had a series of very, very quick works. Of course, he's a champion speedster. And uh, he's drawn post number five of six horses for the ACAC. Now, that's going to go off Eastern Standard Time at 4.49 on Saturday. So hopefully you can pull that down. So, uh, you know, as you recall, Run Happy tore through four graded stakes wins to end 2015 to get his Eclipse Award. And uh, we'll find out if he's more than a one-turn wonder. They're trying to get him not only back to the races, but to get him stretched out. He was sidelined by a bone bruise earlier this summer. So it's a pretty talented rest of the field. Um, you've got the Iron Fist, who was second last year in the Pennsylvania Derby, and third in Delmar's Native Diver. Uh, you've got Tom's Ready, winner of the seven furlong Woody Stevens ta- uh, stakes. So uh, he's, he's going to have some competition in there. Run happy. Best have his running shoes on. Well, it was Javier Castellano pulling off the upset in the Pennsylvania Derby. And we should probably uh, just uh, jump to that as we get to our race results. But uh, the horse's name was Connect. A lot of people didn't know who Connect was prior to the Pennsylvania Derby. Mile and an eighth. Uh, Came out of the Travers finishing sixth, beating 21 links in the Travers. Trained by Chad Brown. Connect was sent away at 10 to 1 and got the job done in a photo finish with the horse that I liked at 5 to 1, and that was Gun Runner. And I hope you had it all underneath because Wild About Deb at 60 to 1 came in third, and my man Sam. 22 to 1 rounded out the top four in the Pennsylvania Derby. Cupid, as expected, uh, did uh, show speed. Nyquist really didn't change his running style all that much, but I actually thought he got the third spot, but he didn't. So uh, uh, Nyquist, uh, it'll be interesting to see what Doug O'Neill has planned for him for the rest of the year. Uh, Also, Exaggerator didn't get the muddy loves and finished off the board too. So the top three horses out of the Kentucky Derby, Gunrunner, the horse that finished third ended up running a game second in the $1.2 million Pennsylvania Derby. And uh, that uh, put to Mr. Castellano in the uh, spot as, as the country's top jock this week. He gets jockey of the week. All right, moving along, uh, we might as well uh, take a look at uh, some things that have happened uh, uh 
in the in the racing world with uh, jockey Stuart Elliott. Remember how, that he mostly rode at parks where they had the Pennsylvania Derby. He won his first Southern California riding title. Uh, while Hall of Famer Bob Baffert and Doug O'Neill got the training honors at uh, the Los Angeles County Fair Meet at Los Alamitos Racecourse, which concluded back here on the 25th. So uh, that was uh, pretty uh, cool. Stewart, uh, you know, rolled the dice and, and got out there and uh, it did well. He's going to stay on the West Coast from everything he's saying. As you know, the Canadian-born Elliot was a three-time leading rider at well, what was called Philadelphia Park, but now it's Parks, and he also topped the standings back in 2004 at the Meadowlands. So uh, let's round out the other races that we looked at at, at Parks last week. Uh, in the Gallant Bob, which uh, was a grade three, the winner in there, my selection. Yeah, didn't pay a whole lot, but no holding back bear. I got the job done over 3-5 India. And in the cotillion, oh, what a filly we've got here in the U.S. right now. Songbird just whistled her way to another win over grade one competition. In the second spot was the speedy Karina Mia, and third was the Catherine Sophia, probably the easiest trifecta you're going to see all season. Okay, like I said, We've got Super 5 out on the West Coast. we got some great racing at Belmont Stakes. And we've got one of my favorite guests coming up right now, Eric Wing, who has switched his tack over to horsetourneys.com. And he's going to let us know how you can get in on the action. Going to take a little bit of a break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. John Engelhart. 
All right, and now a gentleman who is not a first-time starter at Winning Ponies. Uh, he's come on uh, under several titles. He's a 17-year industry veteran, uh, worked at the NTRA. Uh, he worked for Naira, the Daily Racing Form. He's the longtime MC at the NTRA National Handicapping Championship in Las Vegas. But now he's the communications director for Horse Tourneys.com, which is horse racing's number one destination for player-friendly qualifying contests and low takeout and cash games. Now, I asked Eric to kind of update his, his resume, and I was just kind of disappointed. The one thing he left off is that he's the former president of the Turf Publicists of America. Welcome to Winning Ponies. Welcome to you, John. How are you? It's great to be back on with you. Well, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. You know, we got some allergy season here, but the first freeze and I'm, I'm ready to roll. So good, good to hear your voice. Now, you know, the people listening to this are people that like to cash tickets at the track and play in tournaments. And it looks like uh, you're heading up a really good one. Uh, describe to me uh, the, the concept of horse tourneys, uh, you know, it, it's history, and then how our listeners can participate. Well, as you know, John, uh, the, the, the tournament uh, aspect of thoroughbred racing has been one of the truly growth-filled um, aspects of the industry. One of the real success stories, just look at the, N- the NHC, which has gone from uh, $150,000 total purse to close to $2 million now, and the winner gets 800000 every year, so it's it's something fans have spoken with their feet uh, that they really like. And horse tourneys um, is a way that players can easily, cheaply, and having a lot of fun in the process qualify for some of these great tournaments that are around. Uh, for example, t- on Saturday we have an NHC qualifier, so from the comfort of your own laptop or living room, uh, if you do well in our contest, you can be one of the 500 or so out in Las Vegas come uh, late January to play for the $800,000 first prize. Um, as years have progressed, there are so many other great tournaments as well. We just hosted the big one down at Laurel last weekend where Dan Flanagan won uh, $50,000 and an NHC seat and a Breeders' Cup betting challenge seat. Um, all kinds of tournaments at the Wynn and Santa Anita and Gulfstream that are very popular on-site tournaments for big money. There, you know, the only thing, and, and I think I'm stealing this from, from the great Steve Chris, John, but I think the only thing horse players like more than getting rich is uh, getting famous. And I think <laughs> therein lies the allure of tournaments. It, it's, there's big money at stake. But there's also that ego gratification of seeing your name on the top of the standings that's really heady stuff. Absolutely. I'd rather have a good story than a good time. Uh, <laughs> now, now, do, do I uh, dial in to your, your website at horseturnees, that's with an S, dot com? Is that the way? And then is there kind of a menu that'll walk me through how, the, the process? Yes, yes, and yes. You nailed it perfectly, John. Uh, you go to horsetourneys.com. There's plenty of information about how to get started, but I think you'll find, and, and the listeners will find, just that home page with a, a very uh, intuitive menu that lists what types of games there are, uh, which, races, which, which races are part of each game, 
for example, tomorrow or, or Saturday, our big contests have Belmont races 6 through 10, three of which I guess we'll be talking about tonight, a couple from Churchill and four from Santa Anita. It'll also say what each uh, contest costs and, of course, what the prize is, whether it's a cash game or um, a, a competition to get you out to a, uh, an NHC or a Horse Player World Series or that type of event. Now, uh, Eric Wing, uh, tell me, now, it sounds like you've got an interesting menu. Every Saturday, are there contests at different levels, or is it like one Saturday it's at this level, the next Saturday it's at another? Well, uh, like racetracks running their, their stakes races on the weekends, our biggest contests tend to be on Saturday and Sunday. So, for example, this Saturday we have an NHC qualifier, which we'll have every couple of weeks. Pretty much every Saturday we have a, uh, a cash game uh, guaranteed to pay out $12,500, although next weekend we're going to have one for 25000 and the neat thing is these are guaranteed games, so even if, even if we don't get the participation count that we're hoping for, we still guarantee full prizes. There's also, we give away a Horse Player World Series entry every week, or, or more depending on competition. We, the way that contest works is we give away one uh, seat or entry to the Horse Player World Series for every 15 players. So the more players there are, the more prizes we give away, and we do pride ourselves on being the lowest takeout uh, contest site in, in the business. Um, McKay Smith, the proprietor of Horse Tourneys, is uh, adamant about the need to give the horse players a good deal, and that's what will have them coming back. Well, uh, Eric, do me a favor. Say hi to McKay for me. We go way back uh, in the business, and I haven't heard from him in a while, so do give him a shout-out. Well, listen, for our listeners, obviously you, you mentioned we're going to have several races from Belmont Park. I think you can put a ring around the Joe Hirsch uh, Turf Cup winner, Flintshire. Uh, people just ran in every direction when they saw his name in the in the entry book. But we've got some, some other horses, uh, other quality-laden fields that, that – that should be interesting. But before I move forward anymore, I just need to know from you, what's the weather looking like in New York this week? Yeah, very relevant question, John. Tomorrow, Friday, is going to be a real soaker here. Um, so uh, not a good day for outdoor activities. Saturday <laughs> is going to be more of an off-and-on type of rain, uh, which means, I guess, the turf course is probably going to be what we would consider pretty soft, largely as a result of Friday's rain. The main track, good question. Um, if Since they're going to be racing over it, that's going to make it hard for them to keep it dry. So they'll probably seal it up, but they're, you know, the horse's hooves will cut into it. it it's going to have to be a game-time decision on that, John, whether it's going to be it's going to dry up in time or it's going to be muddy or good. We'll just have to wait and see. Well, the, the first race uh, we're going to look at is, is the Gallant Bloom. It's a rare distance, six and a half furlongs, uh, grade two. And there's only two horses in the field that have not won over and off track. So that ought to give some uh, people a, a push in, in some direction. Of course, we have uh, last year's uh, sprint champion, Wayvel Avenue, uh, who 
quite, you know, it hasn't been the same horse uh, that it was last year. Of course, it got that great wake-up call the right day uh, at Keeneland, but it ran in the Gallant Bloom last year and only missed uh, by uh, a length and three quarters to uh, the uh, – the half link, rather, to uh, Laverdad. Uh, is uh, is this horse, uh, uh, you know, rounding into form, or uh, do we need to uh, uh, take a, a strong look at uh, Paul S. Silver Lining, if I'm saying that correct, a horse that's never lost at Belmont and seems to relish the goo? Yeah, I, I think you, very, very relevant question on Wayville Avenue. Um, to me, she hasn't been the same Philly as last year, although last year the, the Gallant Bloom was her coming out party, and she parlayed that into a, the Philly Mare Sprint score. But at, at, as the two to one favorite, I'm not really interested in a horse that you're almost having to want to wake up a little bit. Uh, Paula's silver lining is legit. I think it's interesting that Jose Ortiz opts to ride the uh, Hot City Girl for Linda Rice instead of Paula's silver lining. Um, for me, it's going to be kind of a two-three-five exacta box, and that's that's partly because I'm against the two favorites, Wavell Avenue and Wonder Gal, who um, Leah Giamatti really fires well off the off the bench, and horse and Wonder Gal in particular tends to uh, bounce after those big efforts from, on pretty much every brand of speed figures you might uh, subscribe to. I, I, I prefer Hot City Girl. Number two, Kazan, and number five, Mamma Mia Maria. Um, those are the interesting ones to me underneath them. I think I'd probably just box the three of them in this particular race or use all three in a, to start off my late pick five. Okay, we're going to move along, but I've got, I've got to co-sign uh, your action on Hot City... I'm sorry, Hot City Girl, Eric, in that uh, I don't know what she's putting in her coffee these days, but uh, Linda Rice, in her last 12 starts, has had four wins, a second and three-thirds, and if you notice at the meet, she's only had four wins. So handicappers out there, you might want to make note of that. Okay, uh, we're going to move on to the ninth race, the 77th running of the Vosburg. I mean, Eric Wing, think of the horses that have been in there. Dr. Fager won back-to-back runnings in the 60s. Forgo, who's not really known for his sprinting ability, uh, won in 74. Then there was the champion. My Juliet beat Bold Forbes in the Vosburg. In 87, it was sprint champion Groovy. And how about some sire lines? In 2003, Ghost Zapper won this race. And in 2006, a horse by the name of Henny Hughes won it. He's the sire of a nice little mare by the name of Beholder. So you can get some nice horses that can come out of here. It seems, though, that most of the attention is going to go to AP Indian and XY Jet. Yes, AP Indian. By the way, on Twitter, uh, Jim Dunleavy of DRF is reporting that AP Indian will scratch if the track is wet on Saturday. So keep that in mind. Uh, he prefers a fast track. Uh, XY Jet, first race since the Dubai Golden Shaheen. Uh, Jorge Navarro, I will warn um, listeners and wagerers, as great as he is as a super trainer around the country, his New York horses have not run to the level that they seem to run at in New Jersey and Florida. So I'll go with AP Indian if it's dry. And if it's wet, take a look at that horse on the rail, John. Weekend hideaway. Looks like a cut below these, but check out that four for five wet track uh, history. 
Yeah, it has been tearing them up in, in the mornings. I, I do want to point out, though, that Jorge Navarro uh, is awful good off the rest, wins 48% of the time, and right now XY Jet looks like he's back from his jet lag in Dubai, shows two bullet works at Monmouth. All right, backs up against the clock, but... Want to get out uh, the the Bell Dame, a horse that they've been running, a uh, uh, race they've been running for seventy eight years, and uh, much like the last little history lesson I gave you, I mean horses that came out of this race were uh, Gamely, Susan's Girl, Desert Vixen, Love Sign, Lady's Secret. How about Personal Ensign, one of my all time personal favorites? Uh, the, the Tragic Go for One, Serena's Song, and Horse of the Year. Arve de Grasse. So uh, whoever wins this race uh, could go down in history because there's plenty of it in the one and one-eighth mile. Belle Dame, who you like, my friend? Well, I'm not sure any of these are going to belong in that pantheon of greats that you just rattled off. Um, to me, the fastest horse and the one who might be something of a threat in a Breeders' Cup is forever unbridled, just based off the speed figures. Um, she's going to be favored and obvious. The obvious second choice is off the tracks, number seven. Um, the horse I think you can make money with in here, maybe by hooking her, hooking her up with Forever Unbridled, is the one horse, Tiger Ride, who is way too close to a, a very fast 46-3 and three pace going a mile and an eighth at Saratoga last time. Uh, I think if this one just gets a fair pace wherever she winds up being during the race. She'll run much better than that last out 88 buyer speed figure. So I make it between the, the two forever unbridled and the one tiger ride. All right. We've been talking with Eric Wing. Want to remind everybody out there, check it out. It is worth it. You're going to have some fun. If you're stuck inside in the rain this weekend, go to horsetourneys.com and it's pretty much self-explanatory. Eric, Always good to hear your voice, and I know you're one heck of a handicapper. Uh, I've been there in person. I won't go into detail, but uh, I really appreciate you being on the show, and best of luck at horsetourneys.com. Thanks very much, John, and I hope I can be on with you again soon. You know you will. All right. Also, another gentleman that's not a first-time starter out on the West Coast, Jeremy Balin's going to be with us. He writes and edits for the Blood Horse. Quick break, and we're going to be back to Super Saturday at Santa Anita. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. 
the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, one of the up-and-comers in the sport, Jeremy Balin. He's a third-generation horse player, in addition to being the uh, staff writer and assistant editor for the Blood Horse, covering the racing out on the West Coast. Uh, prior to the Blood Horse, he was a sports writer for the Los Angeles Register and the Orange County Register. Jeremy, I hear it's going to be a beautiful weekend out in California. How you doing? Uh, it's a little warm earlier in the week, but uh, we should be cooling down headed into the weekend, and it's still going to be pretty hot over at uh, at Arcade in Arcadia, but uh, not 110 degrees or whatever it was earlier in the week. Wow! Yeah, we had a hot spell, but nothing like that. Well, um, I, I have you uh, had the chance to get out any mornings uh, at Santa Anita to take a look at some of these horses prepping? Uh, I haven't been to Santa Anita since we ended at Los Al. I have seen pretty much, you know, 90% of California Chrome's workouts for the entire year, but uh, I'm going to be out tomorrow morning uh, and uh, and Saturday and Sunday just to check up on a, a handful of people and a handful of big horses that uh, still I do need to check up on. So I'll be out there tomorrow morning. Well, all I can say is if you've been going out to Los Al and watching California Chrome, you set your alarm pretty early. I've seen several <laughs> of his workouts, uh, you know, through the video world, and uh, they like to wake him up pretty early in the morning. I mean, it's, it's just about nighttime when he works. Yeah, the, I mean, Los Al has the benefit of having the, the, the lights for the for the nighttime racing and they employ them when California Chrome goes out for his, his private, uh, his private session at, at about five fifteen, five thirty on every Saturday. The only exception was, uh, on California Chrome day, they had him out a little bit later around seven, seven thirty, So, uh, some of the Chromies could, could get a good look at him. Now, when you say private, uh, Los Al management pretty much holds other horses off the track until the star finishes his work. Absolutely, he he gets uh, he gets the first workout session of fresh track all to himself before um, before the first set of the day. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you, when you come to think of it, when you go back and look at the videos, it's like, hey, there's no other horses on the track with this horse. Well, <laughs> yeah. well I will say this. If, you, if you've been there, I, I'm not telling you anything uh, you don't know. He looks marvelous. He is, I mean, when he goes to different tracks, like at Del, when he shipped down to Del Mar to get a work over the track there, he's a little, he gets a little riled up. There was the way the setup was down there. I think he got to work before the San Diego Handicap down there, if I remember correctly. Um, he didn't get a drill down there before um, before the Pacific Classic, but he he was kind of out of his element. He's got to walk by some some other barns and stalls, and he gets a little riled up as a uh, older horse tends to do. And um, uh, but at Los Al, there's just something about 
the setup there. He's comfortable, and he just he seems to do his best morning work there. There's uh, there's been a couple of times where he's needed to get a little coaxing from uh, from his exercise rider, uh, but it, that's it's nothing to be concerned about. He is. <laughs> As his exerciser, Dehaji uh, Gladney says, he gets a little bit bored out there all by himself sometimes, and you gotta gotta get him interested a little bit. So um, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be out there early in the morning, even as I wipe the sleep out of my eyes. But to deal with Art Sherman and all the connections of that horse on a weekly basis is is pretty great. Absolutely. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we were uh, blessed with Alan Sherman on the show. What a, what a class act he is. And uh, you, you mentioned the San Diego handicap. Let's face it, California Chrome had to put his running shoes on uh, against Dortmund, who's going to be uh, in this field. I mean, he only won by a half length. I think he's usually used to dominating a little bit more than that. But he certainly seemed to get something out of that race. He ran, ran a 111 buyer, comes back in the Pacific Classic uh, against the multiple champion beholder and Dortmund and just blew their doors off. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't think there's any argument. Uh, I think there people have presented the argument that maybe he's not the best horse in the world, but I don't think there's any argument that he's, uh, not the best horse at a mile and a quarter on the dirt. Uh, I mean, uh, Dortmund and beholder didn't have any chance that day. Now back at a mile and an eighth, or a mile and a sixteenth, like that San Diego handicap was. I think Dorman has a little bit more of a chance, and it's uh, who knows how he's going to react to the, the, the equipment change of having blinkers on for the first time since his debut as a two-year-old. Um, but uh, the Pacific Classic—it's it, hard to even put it into words just how magnificent that was. It, unless you're watching, if you just look at it on paper, it looks great, but it even was better than that. So, um, uh, you know, Art, Art has really planned things out to where he's going to get one race before a big race, and this is that one race before the big race. I, I don't think that he's going to lose, but uh, at the shorter distance, Dortmund at least has a fighting chance. Well, uh, the, you, we're talking against the, uh, about the awesome again. It's awesome a mile, again, and, yeah. mile and an eighth, 300,000, and like I said, uh, you, you uh, it looks like I, I heard rumor today that opportunity Bob Baffert put him in there. I think just as a safety net uh, is is likely to scratch, and that Dortmund will be Baffert's only entry in the race. Have you heard that? Yes, he uh, he's going to be headed. Uh, opportunity is expected to be headed to the Jockey Club Gold Cup at Belmont. Um, so Dortmund should be the only Baffert in that race. All right, it'll be interesting. Now, uh, the two things that could be a challenge uh, for California Chrome uh, would be uh, in this race, he does give four pounds to every other horse in the race. And uh, what do you think about breaking from the one hole? He was over, able to overcome it in the Pacific Classic, and, and Espinosa just put him on cruise control after that. You're looking at a similar scenario here? Art Sherman is frankly quite frustrated that <laughs> his horse keeps drawing the rail. But, um, and it, it is, a mile and an eighth drawing the rail is a heck of a lot different than a mile and a quarter dropping, drawing the rail with that big run-up. But I, I don't see it as being a, a, a big problem. The way that the race sets up, there's just, there's just not a ton of, there's, well, not a ton. There's really no speed other than uh, Soyfet, who's a very honest racehorse. Don't get me wrong, but he's not as good out of the gate as California Chrome and Dortmund are. 
So I, I, it's not like I can see him getting trapped inside because there's a ton of speed to his outside who can kind of pinch him off. Even if Dortmund does clear and get the lead with blinkers on, I can see him, Victor Espinosa, guiding Chrome out pretty easily from the inside and to get into that tracking position just like he was in the San Diego Handicap. Now, uh, as far as I know, California Chrome always does race in blinkers. It's Dortmund that's putting the blinkers on, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, well... um, Let's try to squeeze in. We got. I, I hate to have to rush you. We're talking with uh, Jeremy Balin from from the Blood Horse, but let's go to the first baby race. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 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 the front runner, and every race we're talking about is a winner. You're in. So whoever wins these races is going to have all monies paid into into the Breeders' Cup. And uh, this is the, the the boys' edition, and the top three finishers in the Del Mar Futurity are in here. Is the winner of this race going to come out of that race? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, the straight fire was a pretty commanding favorite. Uh, he ran second in the Del Mar Futurity, and I'm not convinced that something didn't go wrong there. He seemed to hit a wall late in that, in that race. And it's not like he was stretching out to a distance he, he had not run before. He broke his maiden by 10 and a half lengths at, at Del Mar going six and a half in that. And the Del Mar Futurity was going seven. That's not to say Clint who won that race hasn't or has done anything wrong since uh, he kind of misfired in his, his debut, which, which a lot of horses do. Um, I'm not willing to give up on straight fire just yet, but I, I think Clint with the connections of Bob Baffert and Clean Shaw is going to be a commanding favorite. It's just so tough to, I mean, you can go into the breeding and to the, to the, to all the other different aspects of how horses can stretch out. But you really can't tell until these guys go two turns. It's um, it's just a tough, tough ask for two-year-olds to throw a new thing at them uh, when they're still already learning. So uh, things can happen in this race, but uh, it's it's proven to be a very influential race. The last two winners have gone on to win the Kentucky Derby, and it wouldn't shock me that the horses on this program, the Bafferts, the Keith the Sormos, the Doug O'Neills, they tend to do well in Southern California and do well on the Triple Crown Trail. So, Well, uh, this one kind of left me scratching my head a little bit because Straight Fire, trained by Keith DeSormo, has, mm-hmm. been, ri- has been ridden by Kent DeSormo, but... Kent is, I don't know if he's deciding or his brother didn't like the ride on straight fire, but he's ending up on Vibe, Keith DeSormo's other trainee in here. Uh, any insight as to uh, that, that Kent would prefer to do that? Or maybe Keith thought that sometimes change is good for a change and we'll put uh, Flavian Pratt up, who's riding really good right now. The insight I can provide is that they have a very interesting relationship. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, they're, they'll kind of go back and forth with each other. And uh, as to the intricacies of that and the decisions, I don't have a, a ton of insight. But you're certainly not getting a downgrade with Flavian Pratt, who really had a, uh, a coming out party at Del Mar, Del Mar time with Rafael Bejarano, who wins just about every jockey title on the Southern California circuit. Um, down there, um, he, I, in my opinion, he's the best, maybe one of three or four of the best turf, turf riders in North America. And, uh, on the dirty is not too bad either. So, uh, I wouldn't, yeah, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, and I'm proud to say that I was there when Rafael Bayerano won his North American debut, and I have the autographed uh, photo of John Bobby in my office to prove it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those you can't go wrong with, with those two. Um, I like Flavien a, a touch better on, on the grass, but he is certainly capable, and he's, he's starting to get with the right connections uh, in, uh, with dirt trainers, uh, the likes of Keith DeSormo and Bob Baffert. He's getting mounts with pretty much everybody now. So um, I, I'm sure there's plenty of jockey titles ahead in his future. All right, we're discussing the races on Super Saturday at Santa Anita with Jeremy Balin from the Blood Horse. We're going to take a quick break, and we come back, we're going to try to put 10 pounds in a 5-pound sack with three more grade one races. Win and you're in. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with uh, Jeremy Balin from The Blood Horse. And, uh... Boy, I'm going to put his feet to the fire on this race. It's the Rodeo Drive, another grade one, 300000 on the line. And we were talking off air. What a mixed bag it is. Now, I, I'm, I think a key, it could be a key race in here. I believe it's the John C. Maybe, a grade two race. And there's seven horses in the field coming out of that race, including Avenge, a Richard Mandela trainee who got up at the wire at almost eight to one under the rider that Jeremy was just talking about, Avenge. So uh, this race uh, is a mile and a quarter on the turf. Uh, the, the maybe, if I'm saying his name right, was at a mile and an eighth. So again, we don't ask thoroughbreds these days a whole lot. They go a mile and a quarter. and That kind of throws a fly in the ointment, doesn't it, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean the one the one horse in here who has been running at the kind of marathon distances all year is this uh, Generosidade, but hasn't really won. I mean, won one race that was at a mile and a half, 
So if you're looking for a kind of a distance specialist, that would that would be the one. But there's just a ton of horses in here that are really good fillies and mares. They just have a tendency to beat themselves over and over and over again. So it's not like you're going to have one of these horses go on a run of a couple races and, and kind of put the division away. Um, Majestic Heat is a horse who's a very good cowbird who's jumping out into, into open company. She really has not kind of paid off at, at, in open company graded stakes races. I, I like decked out as a horse who's been very good to me in the past, but she's been kind of just missing recently. Uh, Electrum can fire. There's some horses coming from out of town. I, I got to take like a second, third, fourth look at this race if I'm going to formulate a pick four <laughs> ticket. Um, it's just wide open. No, really, and and, and our, our listeners need to know that. Maybe that's why they need to pull down some of our easy win forms. But uh, just to, to let you know, at a mile and a quarter on the turf, looks like the weather's going to be good, so it'll probably be tight. Uh, we do have uh, several horses that have won at that distance. Uh, one is the English bred uh, Frenzified. Another, of course, is uh, Real Smart, who's one for one at the distance. Then you've got a Uruguay bred uh, Generosidad, who is one for one at the distance on the turf. Um, ironically, Nancy from Nairobi, the British bred, has tried this distance ten times, does have one win and three seconds, and then breaking on the outside, uh, Electrum, the Irish bred, is uh, has a first and second from two starts, and again, uh, the one you mentioned from Argentina, Sobradora, though. We don't know too much about her. Her competition uh, is two for two at this rare distance, so uh, it, uh, it makes for an interesting race. But the Sabrador only lost her first career race in the John C. Maybe last mm-hmm. time out. So uh, a lightly braced uh, raced four year old who uh, is by include, but it was bred in Argentina. Uh, she's going to try to upset the field in here with Raphael. So we'll just and move she, on. She's a little- She's a little younger too. She's a Southern California. She's a excuse me, a Southern Hemisphere bred. So she's actually a pretty young horse, and relatively. And another thing that about these these races that people really need to take note of, and I'm not sure if you talked about this already today, is this is brand new turf course um, that is uh, just kicking off um, tomorrow. So if you're playing a big card, uh, the big card on Saturday, I would suggest watching the races down. That there's three races down the hill Friday and one race I think at a flat mile, uh, so just kind of watch and see how the how the track is playing because it's brand new. I expect it will likely be fair because it's going to be fresh and untreaded on. They just had a few workouts on it, so um, but it's definitely something to watch. Well, something to watch, too, is going to be the uh, rubber match between Beholder and Stellar Wind. Of course, uh, Beholder in her uh, debut this year, the Clement Hirsch, uh, though she had the lead most of the way, finally got banged over the head in a great stretch duel with Stellar Wind. It was almost 10 links back to the next horse. But Beholder's been banging heads with a nice little horse by the name of California Chrome last time. Finished fifth, two and a half links ahead of Dortmund. Um, Richard Mandela was trying to accept the blame in a, in a teleconference interview last week, uh, that uh, earlier this week rather, that he may be responsible for going too lightly on her. She comes mm-hmm. into this race off of bullet work. Uh, do you think she uh, uh, turns the tables on Stellar Wind? What you said about Richard uh, taking responsibility of it has been happening since the day after that race, since, since 
he got or she got beat in in the Hirsch. He said that from the start that he didn't feel that he needed to crank her up all the way, and that he didn't feel that she needed to be, you know, what do you say, train her for her life going into that race. He was going to train her for her life into the into the uh, Pacific Classic. So, with that context. And the way she's been training, Gary Stevens said that this was one of the best works of her career, her last breeze. Um, but, you know, she's a horse who's trained well her entire life. So it's just a tough thing to gauge. Is she going to be cranked before the ultimate target, which is the Breeders' Cup, or is it going to be just like this, the, the Clemenel Hirsch? I mean, Stella wins the only female to defeat her since, like, 2014. So uh, I think there are other interesting options in this race, too. I mean, Vale Dory was a very good horse in uh, the UAE before coming to Bob Baffert. Didn't win the first time, but was very impressive in a, in a restricted stakes uh, at Del Mar in August. And Terrace Tango is an honest racehorse. I mean, she can win at all different kinds of distances, and she was just a nose back of stellar wind. Granted, they were three-year-olds in, in 2015, but in the summertime Oaks last year, I believe me, Beholder and Southern Wind are the rightful favorites, but it wouldn't shock me if uh, another one of those in there won. Well, it would shock me, to be honest with you. So anyhow, <laughs> we're, we we got two minutes to post here. And uh, the chandelier, it's the, the girl's chance uh, to take center stage. Again, most of these stretching out to a mile and a 16th for the first time. So there's always question marks. But let me tell you, the trainers weren't shy about going to the entry box. You got a full gate. And uh, in particular, you got the, the uh, Del Mar debutante uh, plays significant with several of the horses in here, uh, noted quoted champagne room and how about a little horse by the name of american cleopatra she has an interesting pedigree doesn't she <laughs> yeah one of the great mysteries of my life i think will be that uh the full sister to american pharaoh went off and won went off at seven to one at del mar uh on debut and won by two lengths um that uh, you know all the zinata babies get hammered all the california chrome uh, full siblings get hammered, and the, the the full sister to the only triple crown winner in how many years goes off at seven to one for a Hall of Fame trainer at Delmar. Yeah, yeah. As I recall, uh, Baffert had a horse in that race that appeared to be training better than American Cleopatra, and I guess people just said, "Oh, I'm not going to get suckered in by this pedigree play." That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. And that horse, I believe, who was favored in that race, has not won. Uh, coming back. So there's, there's a lot of interesting angles in this race. I, I'm partial to a horse named with honors connections. We've already talked about today with Slavian Pratt and, and Keith DeSormo trying dirt for the first time, but he brings, or she brings the aspect of having to turn races as she's won both of her races at a mile on the turf. Um, Keith DeSormo is no dummy. He's not throwing the Philly on dirt for no reason. She's a war front who's obviously very good on grass, but it'll be interesting to see how she reacts uh, to the different surface. Another very classy Philly champagne room who seems to be a horse who wants to go longer uh, is another one in there. Uh, and Zapper Cat, uh, a first-time star- starting winner um, from the Richard Baltus barn, one on the rail on debut sprinting uh, at Del Mar. It, that's something that just doesn't happen very often. 
All uh, right. Well, we've been getting the insights so, from Jeremy Balin from the Blood Horse here. Jeremy, thanks so much for uh, for taking the time uh, to, to be with us because uh, there are some tough races on the Saturday card at Santa Anita, but, boy, it's going to be a great card. I wish you best of luck, my friend. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right, that was Jeremy Balin from the Blood Horse. And then earlier, of course, we're talking to Eric Wing from HorseTourneys.com. Check that website out. I think you're going to like it. And when you do it, pull down those easy win forms from Winning Pony. So thank you very much for joining us. I'm John Engelhart. As I look over the manicured turf course, past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, I remind you, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.